This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Honey. They're at it again, bastards. Uh, it seems like not even a few months can go by without politicians who have seemingly run out of options or things to place blame on for society's failures to focus their attention squarely on Vigia games. And uh, we'll call them to be censored or banned, despite decades of research and no shortage of scientific proof resulting in the simple fact that video games do not cause real-life violence or crime on any type of large scale. Yeah, so the most recent notable attempt at uh, trying to ban video games happened back in 2019 when Walmart, in the wake of mass shootings at two of its stores, banned not just video games, but any and all imagery related to any video game that might contain violence. Um, this, of course, meant they had to censor the covers of certain games and turn off in-store displays that showed demos for some games and remove any visual marketing material that referenced a game that included violence, which is uh, it's a lot of AAA games, depending on what your purity threshold is related to, like, what's considered violent. Like, is Assassin's Creed. It's like, yeah, that's really violent, but it's it's either in history or a complete fantasy world. I mean, this Mario guy's a mass murderer. Dude, he's stomping all over characters. He's killed so many animals. This, uh, my kid just jumps on my head, is what the parents say. It's because of that damn Mario. Donkey Kong. Kidnapping women? Mm -hmm. Holding them for ransom? Stealing bananas. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if it happens in a fantasy world or a historical event or, like... Is it games that depict, like, actual modern reality? I don't know. For Walmart, it was a scorched earth campaign where they just didn't want anything to do with any game that would be considered violent. And this was, of course, in spite of the fact that Walmart still, at least at the time, yeah. sold actual guns and other weapons while the video game section went dark. No, we, we, don't, we don't understand why that's ironic. <laughs> My work here is done. Yeah, we've done it. Anyway, we, we solved just, the problem. We're having a sale on ammo over in that section. Of the yeah. Section. You know what? Put the video game controller down. Go outside and shoot a gun. Yeah. You just need a less violent hobby, like target shooting. Yes. Or hunting. Uh -huh. Or murder. Uh, now the sights are once again set specifically on Grand Theft Auto, a game that is almost a decade old, at least the most recent one. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, because for some reason, a politician in Chicago, Illinois, named Marcus Evans Jr., is betting that he can curb crime, like literal Grand Theft Auto, by banning the video game Grand Theft Auto. Quote, Representative Marcus Evans Jr. wants to amend a 2012 law preventing some video games from being sold to minors. Friday, he filed HB 3531, which would amend that law to ban the sale uh, to anyone of video games depicting psychological harm, including motor vehicle theft with a driver or passenger present. Quote, the bill would prohibit the sale of some of these games that promote the activities that we're suffering from in our communities. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up how, like, before the GTA franchise came along, Chicago was just this, uh, this, this utopia of uh, just extremely low crime rates. Nothing bad ever happened in Chicago yeah. until those, those bastards at Rockstar Games decided to flood our streets with the, their video games. My favorite part about living in the, I don't know, since the invention of the automobile until the 80s, was there the was fact no, that, yeah. no video games, so no cars were stolen. Nobody ever thought to uh, steal a car instead of buying one mm -hmm. until the late 90s when the first GTA games came out. Which is, uh, look, there's, first of all, as far as I know, in GTA, if you've been playing this long, you have your own cars in the game that are worth way more than any car that you'd steal on the street in the game. Yeah. So, but when you get started, you got to work your way up. But you're doing jobs to steal. You're you're actually taking the cars back from people who haven't paid their leases. That's true. That's so true. it's uh, it's actually a pretty ethical game if you think about it. Anyway, this Evans guy, everything he's saying is of course insane, but uh, it actually gets even more ridiculous because the comparison made is it's just so simple and matter of fact that we can't help but just 
shake our heads and wonder how it took people so long to come up with this excuse, considering the Grand Theft Auto video game series has been around and extremely popular since the late 90s. You might not be old enough to remember, but it used to be a top-down 2D game. Uh, you run people over, and yeah. their, their blood trails would go behind the car. It's come a long way. Mm -hmm. uh, Early Walker, who runs an organization called Operation Safe Pump, which puts security guards in areas with a high number of carjackings, which is, I mean, at least a better idea than banning video games. Yeah. Uh, he's the one that contacted his local rep about the ban. Quote, Walker said he reached out to several state legislators to ban the video game after noticing similarities in local incidents of carjackings and actions players can make in the video game. Is it art imitating life or life <laughs> imitating art? Who's to say? I like how he just found out about this, too. Uh, he said, quote, I feel like this game has become a huge issue in this spectrum. When you compare the two, you see harsh similarities as it relates to these carjackings. <laughs> it's a crime video game based on real crimes in real life. <laughs> I know. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. God damn it. I mean, it makes complete sense, right? People see how easy and cool it is to steal cars in a video game. Obviously, they're going to immediately go head out to the street and start stealing fucking cars. Like, if you drive a real shitty car, you could just have a nice car by stealing one. The game says that that can happen. Yeah. And you only get one star. This is just like how no one ever cooked meth until that show Breaking Bad invented the drug. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Brian Cranston. And look, even if people pulled some bullshit statistic out of their ass saying something to the effect of, well, I mean, all of these convicted carjackers all played video games. Yeah, they probably watched movies and, like, listened to music, too. Yeah, it's just bullshit <laughs> because everyone at this point plays video games. It's the same thing as saying criminals doing any other extremely common activity uh, and making it seem like it's linked is bullshit. But we've already been over this time and time again, even when video game violence was making national headlines during uh, the Trump administration, but literally every other administration before that as well. But uh, Trump was quoted as saying... We must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. He uh, tried to take those games. Uh, remember that video that the White House official YouTube channel put out? Like, they made a montage, a sick gaming montage yeah. of, like, most brutal moments. Top 10 most brutal moments in gaming 2017. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a good video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, numerous studies don't back those statements up. Yeah, well, I feel it in my gut that... Um, Look, this is the case. So, Bottom line, once again, this is just video games being a scapegoat for problems that they refuse to try and solve. Yeah, problems that have had uh, solutions available for a long time, but it's easier to ban video games than to, I don't know, put more money into like the education and recreation in poor neighborhoods in this country. Mm -hmm. No, we should just... Take away one of the few like sources Outlets. of yeah. joy <laughs> yeah. for like the youth in this country that have nothing else to fucking do because like they don't have any parks. They, there's no social programs for them to get involved in. They're shutting down after school programs. No, they have nothing to fucking do except play video games. Let's just take that away. Yeah. So uh, yeah, read a book. I don't know. Or uh, join a gang. <laughs> but at least you won't have gaming. Yes. Uh, from a New York Times article, the last time this is all dredged up, uh, researchers have extensively studied whether there is a causal link between video games and violent behavior, and while there isn't quite a consensus, there is broad agreement that no such link exists. According to a policy statement from the Media Psychology Division of the American Psychological Association, scant evidence has emerged that makes any causal or correlational connection between playing violent video games and actually committing violent activities. Chris Ferguson, a 
psychology professor at Stetson University, led the committee that developed the policy statement. In an interview Monday, he said that the evidence was clear that violent video games are not a risk factor for serious acts of aggression. Neither are violent movies nor other forms of media. Quote, the data on bananas causing suicide is about as conclusive, said Dr. Ferguson. Quote, literally, the numbers work out about the same. Yeah, and um, obviously violent uh, crime versus, like, uh, stealing a car, it's the same kind of thing. It's like no one is being inspired to go steal a car because they played Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I mean, like, the only... It's not even like a... Look, okay, maybe there's a couple people, but what I'm saying is it's not a... I mean, I I can... I, I can say there probably are some correlational links because, like, if you go deep into, like, the Steam uh, games available, the, mm-hmm. the Steam bargain bin, there is some pretty sus stuff on there. But, like, even the people buying these, like, uh, basically, like, spree shooter simulators were probably already fucked up before yes. they... Like, it's... <laughs> people aren't uh, becoming... Uh, Antisocial because of these games. They're antisocial and they seek out those kinds of yeah. games. I mean, we're just going to need to get that study printed out and put on the wall so yeah. we can just point to it every time. Don't make me tap the study. I'm going to tap it. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move, move on because we got some big, big Mike Lindell, oh, my pillow, CEO, voter fraud, allegation news. Yeah, we're not sure if Mike Lindell was finally age, able to uh, catch up on some sleep since the release of his very boring. Easily refutable documentary that premiered on OAN, you know, the one with the very extensive disclaimer on the front of it that absolved the network of guilt associated Mike with Mike Lindell is a lunatic. We do not know this man. He simply purchased on air time for, during an advertising block to say whatever he, the hell he wants, but we almost guarantee that what he's about to say is false, and we completely distance ourselves from whatever the fuck he's about to say. Warning! <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, that would obviously. Uh, they ran that because they didn't want to be involved in whatever uh, happened next. We will take Mike Lindell's money, but for the love of God, please don't associate yeah. us with any of this. But I, I mean, we hope that he did get some sleep because he's going to be fighting an even even bigger battle thanks to a lawsuit that was finally, predictably, officially filed against him from Dominion Voting Systems. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah, so who could have possibly seen this coming? Couldn't be us. I mean, we, we just mentioned an impending lawsuit every single time this dude got up to something, anything, over and over again the last, like, three months. Yeah. He literally challenged them to do it at one point. He said, we have 100% proof that China and these other countries did it. So I welcome Dominion to come after me because I guess the word would come out a lot sooner than waiting for the Supreme Court to open this thing up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, after three months, tempting fate, sticking his hand close to the burner. Uh, Dominion finally filed an official lawsuit against the MyPillow CEO for $1.3 billion. Billion with a B. Let's read from the opening complaint. After hitting the jackpot with Donald Trump's endorsement for MyPillow and after a million-dollar bet on Fox News ads had paid out handsome returns, Michael Lindell exploited another chance to boost sales. Marketing MyPillow to people who would tune in and attend rallies to hear Lindell tell the big lie that Dominion had stolen the 2020 election. As when MyPillow previously faced legal action for deceptive marketing campaigns, Lindell knew there was no real evidence supporting his claims. And he is well aware of the independent audits and paper ballot recounts conclusively disproving the big lie. But Lindell, a talented salesman and former professional card counter, I guess, sells the lie to this day because the lie sells pillows. MyPillow's defamatory marketing campaign with promo codes like Fight for Trump, 45, Proof, and QAnon 
has increased MyPillow sales by 30 to 40% and continues duping people into redirecting their election lie outrage into pillow purchases. Bipartisan election officials, judges, 59 election security experts, Attorney General Bill Barr, Trump appointee Chris Krebs, Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, Colorado's former Republican Secretary of State Wayne Williams, and others have rebutted Lindell's false claims about Dominion. It continues. Most importantly, though, paper ballots are the hard evidence conclusively disproving Lindell's claim. If the vote tallies in Dominion machines had been manipulated, the machine tallies would not match the number of votes on the paper ballots. In fact, they do match, as independent audits and hand recounts have repeatedly proven. The contrary evidence put forward by Lindell's allies, including Sidney Powell, L. Linwood, and others, was deliberately misrepresented, manufactured, cherry-picked, and sourced from con artists and conspiracy theorists who were judicially determined to be wholly unreliable. Lindell knows all of this because Dominion wrote to him multiple times, <laughs> put him on formal written notice of the facts, and told him that Dominion employees were receiving death threats because of the lies. Instead of retracting his lies, Lindell, a multimillionaire with a nearly unlimited ability to broadcast his preferred messages on conservative media, whined that he was being censored and attacked and produced a docu-movie featuring shady characters and fake documents sourced from dark corners of the internet. Through discovery, Dominion will prove that there is no real evidence supporting the big lie. Dominion brings this action to vindicate the company's rights, to recover damages, to seek a narrowly tailored injunction, to stand up for itself and its employees, and to stop Lindell and MyPillow from further profiting at Dominion's expense. I love how they, like, drag the pillow company straight into it. Like, this dude is literally selling a bunch of pillows because he is the one standing up for Donald Trump. They're, so, like, it's... You see a lot of people on social media in their bio, it says, views are my own. They don't reflect that of my company. And he is that, literally the pillow. And most of the time, like, people, there's no, no real reason for them to be doing that. But the reason you would want to do something like that is if you were someone such as Mike Lindell, where you blur the line between yourself and your company so much to the point where Dominion Voting Systems feels... Uh, they have a pretty strong chance of not only successfully suing you for defaming them, but also your fucking pillow company. Yeah, because when you're buying a my pillow, you're buying a little piece of Mike Lindell. I just love the the, the I picture just boomers just piping hot mad constantly, just pissed off boomers just buying new pillows every week or so. Yeah. They don't need any new pillows. Oh, I bit through this one. I gotta yeah, buy another one. They've got just a whole room, just the pillow room. Yeah, toss it in the of, pillow room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if I buy it, if I buy more pillows, maybe Mike Lindell will visit me in my sleep. Yeah. Grant me wishes. <laughs> and put a little cross on me. Yeah, that's what <laughs> happens in the commercial. You buy my pillow and you become a Christian. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the rest of the filing includes uh, numerous embedded tweets, clips, and appearances made by Lindell regarding his statements uh, about Dominion. Uh, it's literally 115 pages long, so there's a lot there. I it love is how lawsuits these days. It's just basically like this. You. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it looks like a uh, like a PowerPoint presentation yeah. that you'd see at a at a company meeting yeah. with just images of Mike Lindell's tweets and appearances on Fox News and One American News. I'm with so... like the best part is the chirons are like just saying exactly what he's saying yeah. in the image that's shared. I'm so excited for this lawsuit. It if it even makes the trial. Yeah. Although Mike Lindell is crazy enough. He is a crazy enough white boy to maybe let this thing go all the way. So that's to the what I, that's what I'm saying. Like they most of the stuff that we've reported on uh, about Mike Lindell that's used in this lawsuit, you already know because we've reported on it. If you want to take a look at the entire legal filing, we'll leave a link in the description below. But out of all of the characters involved in the whole stop the steal initiative with direct ties to the former president. Lindell was definitely the one who seemed to care the least about getting sued. He seems to really believe that he is in the right here. Yeah, everyone else, including Rudy Giuliani and multiple news outlets like Fox, they all shut the fuck up 
real quick. Yes. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see if a billion-dollar lawsuit is enough to finally smack some sense into the pillow, man. But we're not holding our breath, and it might get real interesting. I'm excited. Because, yeah, he he could probably settle at some point for far less than the $1.3 billion. Yeah. But that, they took my goddamn pillows that's away. That's still entirely up to him. Yeah. And I'm sure he sees this this trial as just another another platform for him to uh, try to change the results of the 2020 election. Yeah, so it's gonna finally. Be, this is going to be sick. I can't wait to tell all the, the, the whole jury. Yeah. Like, he's going to be up there with his, like, fucking graphs and shit. Like, Sir, we're not here for this. We're I hope here. he represents himself. <sighs> Maybe. Anyway, if you're on the receiving end of a billion-dollar lawsuit... Maybe it's time to save some money, Mike Lindell. And we've got good news for you because today's sponsor, Honey, will do just that. We all shop online for pillows or otherwise. Mm -hmm. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey sports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands to even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out the Honey button, it drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons that it can find for that site, and if they find a working one, well, you'll watch the prices drop. Yeah. Um, just today, I I used uh, my Honey Gold on uh, one of the gift cards that I earned from my Honey Gold to buy something. And uh, another one I, I used, uh, I don't think we're allowed to say the names of stores exactly anymore, but uh, a big box uh, home improvement store I used, and I got a 3% return on Honey Gold as well. I couldn't find a coupon code, but you get a return any, anyway. So Yeah, there's a very popular uh, e-commerce auction website mm. that uh, there seems to be just Honey Codes galore on there that I have used recently to buy yeah. a, uh, a baby shower gift for a friend of mine. Well, uh, Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's it's literally free and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll uh, be doing yourself a solid and you'll be supporting this show. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash itdaily. That is joinhoney.com slash itdaily. All right. Back at it again with yet another stupid conspiracy theory that's circulating online right now. And uh, while this is very dumb, it's at the very least far less detrimental to our democracy um, compared to... Mike Lindell stuff, but it's definitely leaning heavily on the climate change denial sector of our country by providing what they see as proof that the government is creating fake snow. Fake snow! Mm -hmm. To make it seem like climate change is more severe than it really is. Uh, So basically, (laughs) as you'll all recall, Texas had a freak winter storm last week that caused massive power outages and uh, people freezing sometimes to death in their homes. And uh, over on TikTok, the, the brain trust known as TikTok Uh, Residents in Texas were using various tricks to show people that that snow wasn't actually real. It was not all natural, pure, white American snow. Mm -hmm. It was definitely sent there by either mm, the government or Bill Gates. Maybe China. We don't know. Maybe Obama. Mm -hmm. From Insider, many of the TikToks show someone burning a snowball with a match. When the flame hits the snow, the snow does not melt. The TikTokers claim this indicates the snow is abnormal. In reality, all snow reacts this way. Through a process called sublimation, the solid snow turns into a gas. Misinformation has run rampant since the storm hit Texas last week. Fake snow was a top-related search query for Texas snow on Wednesday, while another false claim alleging that Bill Gates played a role in this fake snow ranked high among Texas snow-related Google searches. In a video that was shared widely on Twitter but has since been removed from TikTok, a woman burns a snowball with a lighter. Thank you, Bill Gates, for trying to fucking trick us that this is real snow, she says. 
you'll see it's not melting and it's going to burn. So there's no, another video where they, uh, there's a guy picking up some of that white stuff, whatever it is, and calling it government snow because it falls right off his hands. Uh, the caption for that video is government snow. If it was Trump in office, it would spring. Uh, <laughs> I guess it means if it, it would be spring already. If... No, it would spring. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, typically we can sense sarcasm pretty well. And some of these may be sarcastic, but uh, some definitely seem real. There's a few that have, like, multiple follow-ups and, like, I don't know. If there's a joke there, I'm not seeing it. Well, and the the, um, the deleted one I don't think was a cause of, like, TikTok being like, this is a conspiracy. I think it was they got shamed by the comments. You fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, you can't just, like, this is, it's... These people, it's like, okay, so why doesn't any city that ever gets snowed in? Why don't they just pour gasoline on the snow and light it on fire? You ever think of that? Hmm? Why are you, why are you sending out a snow plow when you can just light the street on fire? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, these videos, they're getting hundreds of thousands of views. There's, there's going to be at least a few people who do get hooked on the conspiracy and start believing in this bullshit just because they saw what they viewed as proof on TikTok. So it's not, it's not not dangerous, but it is stupid to normal people. Yeah, one of them, they like they put a snowball in the microwave for like 30 seconds and nothing really happened. And it's like, I mean, yeah, put a put a fucking ice cube in the microwave for 30 seconds. It, it doesn't not, not a lot happens. It's like the the when you have snow pack and it's like, but it's 70 degrees out now. Why is there still snow on the ground? Yeah. No, like the way uh, it's sort of a tangent here. But I, I ended up watching some video on YouTube recently explaining uh, like the history of the ice business, like the. Mm-hmm like ice cube industry and when it started like before refrigeration they'd literally go down to frozen lakes and like saw off giant like sheets of the ice and then they'd store it just in a a fucking shed outside just all the ice all the ice and snow packed together and that shit would last like six months to a year they would they'd ship it across the sea they shipped fucking ice from northern europe to india because the British officers there wanted some ice cubes in their G&Ts. Yeah. And, they, and that's like, they were able to, you know, they lost like 20% of it in the journey. But like, yeah, you're going to lose a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of snow, here's a, here's a sort of fun one. Uh, the government let the internet pick the name of something again. And oh, God. This time it could have been pretty fucking accurate, okay? The Minnesota Department of Transportation launched a campaign to find the perfect name for one of the state's snow plows. And out of the 23,000 submissions, the pool of potential names was whittled down to just 50 finalists, with one of the top submissions for an official state snowplow being Abolish Ice. All right, that's good. Yeah, which, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, here's the rub. Sadly, Abolish Ice was just, uh, it, it was second place behind, uh, you guessed it, Plowy McPlowface. It's 2021. Stop that shit. It's yeah. not funny anymore. They're not even allowing people to vote on Abolish Ice uh, as a finalist because they don't want things to get political. Uh, quote, it was meant to be a fun and lighthearted contest, not a politically controversial thing, said Jake Loesch, MNDOT spokesman. Boo, Jake Loesch. <laughs> There's obviously undertones to a phrase like that, so we decided it wasn't one we were going to put forward to the final list. So, I mean, look. Coward. Because, because of that, there's not going to be a snowplow called Abolish Ice, but there probably will be a snowplow called Plowy McPlowface, which sucks. And we as society, as a society, since we live in one, yeah. we need to move past the McFace face joke. Yeah. It was funny a little bit the first time. Yeah, cut that shit out. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. All cops are... That's right, bastards. But that doesn't mean watching a bunch of cops on rollerblades isn't exciting and fun, as proven by a video that's been circulating online featuring a fleet of police officers in Pakistan doing just that uh, from Reuters. 
Police in Pakistan's largest city, Karachi, are deploying an armed rollerblading unit to curb theft and harassment on its teeming streets. Gliding in a circle with their weapons pointed inwards and lifting and lowering the guns in unison, the 20-member unit clad in black undergoes rigorous training. It looks like a show from the 90s. It looks like, like, like Reno 911. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. Yeah. Quote, we felt we needed to come up with an innovative approach to control street crime, said Farooq Ali, chief of the unit, explaining that officers on rollerblades could more easily chase thieves on motorcycles through the city of 20 million. Um, I I have my doubts about that. Uh, what if, I mean... You, th- you have to throw a uh, stick in front of them and they're done. It just seems like a great way to fall flat on your face, break some have, bones, and then while holding lose a your fucking weapon. gun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Or hit a pebble. Yeah, just... Anything could go wrong. When rollerblading was at its its peak in the mid-90s and everyone was doing it, like, I ate shit. I was pretty good at it, but I still ate shit. You rollerbladed? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go down to the beach, just fucking... Rollerblading at the beach, were you? Yeah. Not in, like, a half pipe or a skate park? No. No, I didn't do that. So just recreational rollerblading? Yeah. As a form of transportation. All right, Elliot. I rode bikes, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, okay. rollerblades were real popular. Is it, I think it was because uh, my school, my elementary school, like, one of their big thing that they did, like, at least once a month is they had, like, skate night at the oh. ro- local rink. Yeah, we would have roller skates. Yeah, but I don't a know. skating rink. This skating rink got really into the rollerblades. But then you were like, you know what? This is cool, but you know what would be better? On the beach where everyone can see me. Yeah. it was. I was not the only one. By far. This maybe is a SoCal thing, but rollerblades were very popular. Oh no, they were popular elsewhere. Anyways. Uh yeah, they look they look dorky, these people here. Uh yeah. just like Elliot did, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, at the time, it was a lot <laughs> less dorky. You had to be there. Sure. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh Daft Punk broke up. Yeah, I was so not- excited for them to do literally anything for the last seven years, but yeah. looks like not so much. The video they released is pretty cool, but apparently it's not even new footage. No, it's, it's from, from a, a movie that they put out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... Look, it's a bummer, sure. They're, all of their albums are great. Uh, Random Access Memories is, like... I view that as, like, one of the craziest, like, release experiences I've ever witnessed because of the hype yeah, online yeah. and everything. Uh, great music. Um, unfortunately, was never able to see them live, but I've watched uh, their Coachella performance uh, online multiple times. Look, great band. Uh, I, I have to side with Dave Oshry on this one. Uh, the discourse online yesterday made it seem like Daft Punk fucking died. I mean, yeah, not, it, nothing has really changed. It's no, just now I don't have. A they new... weren't doing anything yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They they produced like uh, some Kanye songs. Yeah, the last thing they did was work with The Weeknd, and they did yeah. a performance at like the Grammys, I think, with him. But other than that, it's been real quiet. You know whose fault this is? Mm-hmm. Title. They were at that big ceremony signing the Declaration of Title Independence, mm-hmm. and uh, look at their career now. Doesn't That's exist. What happened? Just like Beyonce. Yeah. Nobody talks about Beyonce anymore. Nope. And Beyonce who? Yeah, exactly. And then Kanye and Kim uh, divorce time. That's right. Yeah. Titles ruining marriages, ruining uh, careers. And it is funny. Spotify is now just copying Titles' uh, business model. Talk about it on Tech News Day. But you're going to be able to listen to crisp CD quality hi-fi music on Spotify pretty soon. Mm, okay. Well, anyways, uh, rest in peace, Daft Punk. Uh, hopefully it's, look, it's two guys. They're not that old. They could reunite at any time. They yeah. weren't going to tour anyway. So if for some reason now they're like, oh, shit, we should play a show. All they have to do is play a show. Yeah. 
And if you're into like French, uh, go see Justice. House. Yeah, Justice is still around, killing it. So yeah, there you go. It's great. Uh, anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, please check out our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News, News over here uh, and some more episodes. Just watch everything we got. Watch it a whole bunch. Yeah, watch we, it twice. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Watch it on the toilet. Bye. Bye-bye.